0: Sing it again. you can say that by experience by experience it's one thing when you hear somebody else talk about it and you can see the tears on their eyes you can see them so emotionally moved by telling what god has done for them it's something else when it happens to you then you can shed them tears out of your eyes and be able to express it in such a way there's a thing about reading the word I've tried to share different revelations and things that the Lord's given me personally. But it didn't take me long after I've tried to share a few. And people sit there with that look in their face. And you realize, I shouldn't have said anything. But you know that we can share a scripture. We can share a quote. And I might be able to tell you about a revelation that you have. Or you might tell me of one that you have. But until God makes that real to us, it's just really not really quickened to us. And aren't you glad that this is His way of communication to every child of God is revelation. I'm glad preachers aren't just exclusive to having revelation. But this is Christ's way, from Christ's ministry of God revealed, the prophet tells us this is Christ's way of making Himself known to the church by revelation. You might be so poor, that you can barely make it from one paycheck to another. You might be so ignorant as far as intellectually with the world that you wouldn't really want to talk to a lot of people because you'd feel so embarrassed and so ashamed that you'd say the wrong words. But you know what? Peter was the kind of a man that was so ignorant and unlearned that that was part of his reputation and his character. And Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom. So you know what? I ain't never finding him doing a theologian in this day that way. of you a PhD, double LD, or none of that? No. So the thing is having our hearts open to God. Well, we greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. It's a privilege for us to be back in the house of God. Y'all twice in a row. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> the drawback to that is you get missed the next two times. We're trying to figure out a way to make it all work, and it's very hard, but you just bear with us till we do. But we're g- really glad to have a special guest with us tonight. It's the pastor's wife. <laughs> first time she's got to be here in several several weeks. She got to see Erica today, and our four granddaughters' first day in twenty five days. I think it's been so. She's been in quarantine with me fourteen days, and then quarantined with herself. So uh, I, I don't like this quarantine stuff, y'all. Oh. You like us mask stuff and six-foot stuff? I don't like none of that stuff. We just get through it the best we can. But may God help us is all I say. But I certainly want to wish uh, Carol and I, our youngest daughter, Erica, today is her birthday. And if you all won't tell that i told, she's 41. <laughs> uh, so we want to wish her a happy birthday. And we certainly want to say that we appreciate your prayers for her. Uh, she had her first uh, treatments last week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And the Lord was good to her and helping her, helping her through all that. She went to the doctor again today. And the doctor told her some very good news that with the type of chemo that she's taken that she might not lose her hair. So for those of you that haven't seen her hair, it hangs about down in here somewhere. So that was one of the very difficult things for her to have to deal with was losing her hair. He said that it might get thin, but I believe our God. Our God can help her to keep her hair, don't you? So if you'd remember that for us, we certainly would appreciate it. Also, Brother Gene Lehman has had some good improvements yesterday and today. And we're thankful to the Lord for that. And they're going to be working with him tomorrow, weaning him off more of this stuff and um, helping him to start breathing on his own. So we, we need to pray for him that God would just strengthen him. <clears throat> and help him in this, all the rest of our needs, I know there 's so many, but we believe that God is mindful of us, and we believe we 're victorious. Amen. Covid has come, and covid will go, and we will still be here in the service of the Lord Amen. once we all get our strength back <laughs> we 'll clap our hands and i 'm more out we 'll play the guitar we 'll play the organ, and we 'll try to preach a little bit and Now, for those of you that ain't had it, bless your little hearts, you're just standing there looking at the rest of us and think, what are they talking about? I hope and pray to God that you don't have to experience it. But take our word for it, it is really something. So remember those who don't have it, hopefully there'll be not one more person in our church. That's funny enough for me. We've had enough, don't you think? Let's turn tonight, if you would, to Luke chapter 21, verse 17. I want to speak to you again tonight on getting in the spirit. We certainly believe that's an important thing for us, is it not? We can see the world is definitely getting in the spirit. Spirit of politics, spirit of destruction uh, is rampant. Uh, we know that it's part of prophecy that would come to pass in the last days that it would be this way. There's nothing we can do to stop it. And we're not really trying to. But we just want to make sure that we're in the right spirit ourselves. Luke 21 chapter 7. And This parallels Matthew 24. Matthew words it a little bit differently than, than Luke, but there's some unique things in the way that Luke writes this. And they ask him saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And Jesus has told them several different things. And They're listening to it and they can tell by what he said. They've been around him enough now to know that he may pause and this sequence of events may be a lapse of of many years. So they're trying to understand. So they're asking for these things. Notice in verse 8 and he said, Take heed that you be not deceived. Wow. So they asked for a sign. And they asked to know, now how will we know to watch, and what will we know to watch for? He said, well, the first thing you want to watch for is make sure you don't get deceived. So you think that's pretty important. And he said, take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name saying, I am anointed with the Holy Spirit, or I am Christ. Now, he did not say, they would say, I am Jesus but I am Christ or Messiah, anointed. And the time draw us near. But notice when they start saying that part of this phrase, it's not right on you yet. That's just a doorway, an entrance. And they started saying this 2,000 years ago. Go ye not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Now this is 33 AD, Titus is going to come in and going to take the city, several hundred thousand Jews are going to die. Uh, many more is going to be carried away captive. So there's going to be wars. Hadrian's going to come through. The Ottoman Empire is going to come through. There's going to be one conquering thing after another after another. But he said, don't, don't sing. Now, when you see the first war, this is it because there'll be one after another after another, but the end is not yet. Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And great. Notice now he puts a significance in this word here. Great earthquakes. So the earth has had earthquakes for many, many millennia. We know that. But he says great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. And famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs. There shall be from heaven. But before all these they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues, which more than likely this will never happen to any of us. Any of y'all ever even been in a Jewish synagogue? No. So who is this for? Jesus was speaking this to the disciples of that time, which was going to be persecuted in the synagogue. So you have to be careful with prophecy. When you're studying prophecy, people try to put it line on line. Well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Are you sure it didn't? Or maybe you didn't understand it. Now, notice what he says. They shall lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up into the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers. More than likely, this will never happen to me. This will never happen to Brother Darrell. But somebody, even no doubt in this modern day, Will fulfill this. For kings and rulers for my namesake. Let me read this to you from the junction of time in 1956. When all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against it. And these two forces has always showed at the junction. Can I read that again? When all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard against it. And when these two forces has always showed at the junction. May the Lord bless his word. God bless you. You may be seated. Their hearts must have been quite perplexed. They wanted to be ready. They wanted to understand. They wanted to be able to pass the right understanding on down in the writings. So they're asking him, what will be the signs? The way that Matthew recorded it. What will be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And they had took notice of the temple. And one said, pointing out to the beautiful decorations and the beautiful stones. And Carol and I stood there not so long ago as they had unearthed some of the Herodian stones in this era of time. You're talking about stones that are approximately 40 feet long. And just so they wouldn't be plain old, plain old stones. They have them to route a two-inch band, 40 feet long, And each one of those stones, six to eight feet tall, one stone, and routed out of that solid stone so it would have this routed band all the way around it, one stone. And they were 12 to 14 feet thick, no cranes, no bulldozers, no bobcats. And those very stones, Brother Darrell, were the ones the Lord Jesus walked by. Now they were buried in the rubble, and the apostles, they looked around at the temple, and someone there, the scripture said, that one spoke about the beautiful stones, and Jesus said, there won't be one of them left upon another. And you imagine the disciples trying to understand, and none of them had the Holy Ghost yet. And they're trying to understand and perceive what what is he saying. So is this next week? Is this next month? Is it a year from now? Because the Lord Jesus had not given them an increment of time. They did not have a clue that there were seven church ages. Now they were living, remember, In the pre-church age. It had not actually started yet. And the Lord Jesus never even mentioned it. That there would be seven churches. And seven church ages. He never told them. That it would be a span. Of 2,000 years. From his first advent. Until his second. So they're trying to put it all together. In their minds. And Jesus as a prophet. Would lay it out. Can you imagine Daniel. As the angel of the Lord come to Daniel after he had sought God for weeks on end. And Daniel was praying intently about prophecy. But it was not about a prophecy that he had given, but one that Jeremiah had given. That the children of Israel would go into the land of Babylon and there they would be sold out because of their sin. And they would be there for 70 years. And Daniel knew that according to the books. I know people criticize us for reading the prophet's books and posting quotes and so on. But yet Daniel was a man that read from the prophet Jeremiah's quotes. And he had one of the quote books of Jeremiah. And he began to read from that book of Jeremiah. Now remember it was not yet called the Bible. It was a prophet's book. So the prophet had it written down and of course Baruch his scribe had written it so that it would be an anchor there and and Daniel was concerned Lord the time is close. It's got to be we got to be getting close somewhere according to what Jeremiah said. So here the temple was burnt the city destroyed 536 BC and here we are. We're living very very close to this time. So Daniel began to pray and an angel of God comes down and tells him that he wants to make known to him, not just the time of Jeremiah's prophecy, but that there would be a span of time of 70 weeks. Now, this is a very peculiar term. It is prophetic timeline. Now, it's not a seven-day week, but it's actually a week of years. So we would think, well, a week would be just seven days, not a prophetic week. A prophetic week is actually a week of years instead of a week of days. Leviticus 21, there could also be week of weeks, week of days, or week of years. So why don't God just come right out and say it? He don't want to. He wants to say it in such a way that you have to have revelation, prophetic insight in order to understand it. Without that, you'll read right over the top of it every time. Now what not the Lord Jesus, tell? now look boys, there's going to be an Ephesus age, there's going to be a Smyrna, there's going to be a Pergamos. The Lord Jesus never mentioned that one time in his earthly ministry. Why? Because that part of the allocated word was not going to be spoken by the Lord Jesus under the administration of son of man. It was going to be spoke under the administration of son of God once he anointed John on the Isle of Patmos Holy Ghost through the church ages. Now, the Lord chose to speak this way. Now, the apostles knew this. By now, now they were already enlightened enough to know. He spoke like no other man. He spoke in symbols. He spoke in time frames that no other person could relate to. He spoke in symbology that no one else could relate to. He would talk about death and say it was sleep. He would talk about, I'm going to wake him, and we all thought that he meant, you're just going to shake him, and he told us, he, he's dead, but we, we don't understand, we, we were trying our best to comprehend, and we know that in order to understand prophecy, that we must be enlightened, it takes a prophetic class to understand prophetic writing. Now when Daniel prophesied this, actually the commandment would go forth from the time of the initiation of Cyrus and it would begin what's that increment of time, it would be 60 and 2 weeks. And then there would be a slot of time that would be called seven weeks. And then, of course, there would be another slot of time called one week. But now these are not seven-day weeks, but they are weeks of years. In other words, it would be that each one of those prophetic weeks would have the time frame of seven years. So you'd take the 62 weeks, and you'd multiply it by seven, and then you would get the amount of years, the increase of time that God's dealing from the declaration up to another purging of time. Now it's amazing how that God actually stops his prophetic time clock now God is going to be dealing with Daniel's people this has nothing to do with us it is dealing with Daniel's people but the Lord Jesus is speaking in the broad spectrum of the church ages which emerges the Gentiles also the 144,000 but yet Daniel when Daniel writes this about the 70 weeks the angel particularly points out to him this is the time determined unto thy people which is not us. Praise the Lord. So the 70 weeks does not pertain to us. But the 62 weeks pertains to an increment of time from which a declaration of the king would go forth to rebuild the temple. Now then there would come an allotment of time of another seven weeks, which would be added to that. And then another mandate or declaration would be known. Now it's amazing because in between the 62 weeks and the other week, there's a span of time. the prophetic. Actually stops ticking. So it comes up to 62 weeks and then it stops. Then whenever God says now it begins again now. From this point on, then it starts ticking, 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 ticking. Another seven weeks, which multiplied by seven years, is 49 years. It ticks, 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 until it comes up, until it stops again. And in the very middle of the 70th week, actually stops again, right in the middle of the week. The timeline comes up, and in the midst of the week, the Messiah will be cut off. Praise the Lord. Then what did God do? Then the temple, the sacrifice, and God said in the book of Ezekiel, they will be without an ephod, they will be without a teraphim, they will be without a king, they will be without priest. This is exactly where the Jews have been for 2,000 years. But the prophetic time clock of God dealing with the Jews will resume again when? When God calls out the Gentile bride. Now here's the Lord Jesus putting in between the time of Daniel's prophecy into the time of the Jews when the Messiah will be cut off in the middle of the week. And from that time on over for 2,000 years, the prophetic time clock has stopped. Now why is it then that God allowed them to become a nation? Because God said they're going back to their land, amen? I really don't care what the PLO thinks. I don't care what the Palestinians say. I don't care what Saudi Arabia says. I don't care what the left-leaning people of America say. God said that land belongs to the Jews, Well, praise the Lord. Well, if God said it, I believe it myself. Now, you can see why that the Muslims have to have their own holy book. Because the Bible is a book of the Jews. And prophetically, it puts them in a good spot. And because Islam is not mentioned in the Holy Bible, nor is Mohammed mentioned by name anyway, in the Holy Bible, then what did they need to do? They needed to do the same thing that the Mormons needed to do. So they needed to have their own Bible. Now, because the Holy Bible condemns homosexuality, then what did they have to do? They had to write their own Queen James Version because then they had to right in there and find their own spot. It happens over and over and over again. Because if the Bible condemns saying, then they just make themselves a new Bible. But it does not replace the original. And you won't be judged by your Queen James version, you pervert. You'll be judged by God's holy word who in the beginning made them male and female. Well, the church said, that's exactly right. So what do you do then? Then the Muslims had to, but through their imams and all that sort of thing, they had to make their own book. And then they had to say, well, Jesus was a prophet, but actually Jesus did not go to the cross and die on the cross for our sins. But there was a look-alike Jesus which came up and actually went to the cross. So they say Jesus actually ascended up into heaven. And just keep in mind, for those of you who believe that Islam is a peaceful religion apparently you've never read the Koran now I've read the Koran I actually have one of them and it's the true believers of Islam that is trying to kill the Jews those who say they're peaceful and they're hugging around on everybody don't you believe them they've got a knife hidden in their pocket somewhere because those real believers of Islam it tells them to kill the Jews and you So those who flew into the Twin Towers, they were doing exactly what they were told to do. They also believe that they get a gigantic mansion in heaven. And I won't go into all the rest of the fields that they believe that they get for the reward. But I wonder how in a few seconds after those men left their bodies and in hell they lifted up their eyes and they realized they were lost. I wonder the lies that they were told. Thank God for the truth. Now, prophetically then, you know, you've got to be a Bible-believing Christian to believe then really that God will restore the land that he gave to the children of Israel. You wonder why is this land so sought after? Why is it that the Babylonians, the Grecians, the Romans, you know, the the different ones, the Ottoman Empires, the Crusaders, why is it that everybody wanted, especially Jerusalem? Why? It's a very small spot in comparison to much of the world it doesn't have a great beauty about it not now anyway it doesn't have a great supply of water it's not an easy land to be able to till it's not a great land with plenty it requires a lot of work but why is it that it has been oppressed? what well, if you run a parallel of Jerusalem of the Old Testament to the new Jerusalem of the new why is it that every denomination that wanted to sprang right out of the new Jerusalem which is the church so Satan wanted to do to the church of the living God the same thing that he'd done to Israel of the Old Testament and that is make his claim so they fought back and forth and back and forth a little bitty old strip of land there why in the world is all the eyes of the world aimed right there you know as well as I do it's it's, it's a time bomb that's going to explode is that right why for why what's the reason a little bitty old spot about the size of New Jersey a little bitty old tiny strip of land and yet it causes the office ruckus that ever was why in the world is it because because God is the one who's gonna bring it to pass. Now we know that by that, the Lord Jesus being that very God, he pointed to that time when these signs must be fulfilled. Now, these junctions would happen in church ages. They would happen in transition, say from, from the Ottoman power, when it went from one to another. Whenever the Romans would go down, when the Greeks would go down, and then Philip the Macedonian, of course, and then him being the father of, uh, of Alexander the Great. And yet, whenever they would Come down Alexander the 33 years old And cried Because there was no more land to conquer Nothing else more And then he gets malaria Bit by a mosquito And gets malaria And dies And his kingdom was all divided And split up And Daniel saw that On the goat's horns So whenever you look at it God wants his people to know But he does not want them to know Just by picking up the Bible And reading a newspaper But he wants them to be tied into him so the spirit of that day the prophecy of that day will catch their soul and they will be required to get in the spirit to understand it now are all these riots and all this stuff going on in many of our, our major cities and, and, and many governors and mayors just letting it go on because they really don't care they're just letting the people do whatever they want to do and you think is this really happening in our America yeah it's commotions it's the uproar it's lawlessness and you see some of these politicians out there marching with them, of course, until they turn on their house and their condo, and then they want to have them arrested. Ain't that weird how that all works? It's okay, let them burn your house, but when they come to their house, and this has gone too far, this is out of hand. That's what us sensible people have been telling you nuts for a long time. Well, the whole world's lost its mind. The only one's insane left is in the bride. When the bride leaves, the whole world's going to go totally insane. But we know it has to be that way. We are the keeping power. We don't look like it, but we actually are. We are the salt of the earth. We are the literal presence of the blood being represented in us by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And as long as we are here, it holds back the final hand of the judgment of God. And the Lord Jesus, as he began to utter these things. He himself knew every junction of time. He knew when the Ottoman power would run out. He knew the Crusaders would come in and they would take Jerusalem back. He knew that they would have it for all these hundreds of years, however much it was. And then he knew that the Arabs would come in and take it from them. Then he knew that the Turks would take it from them. And then he knew it would be changing hands all these times. So he said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and wars, so don't get all tore up now. Just whenever Titus comes in, this is only the beginning of sorrows. But he said, the end is not yet. But he wanted to point us in a direction that no matter what age we live in, that would be a junction of time by which the evil of that age would reach its climax. And then whenever it does, all of hell that can be opened for that particular time frame will be open. I, I, I can't say that I understand how all that works. But I do know that the prophet said that the lid has been torn off of the kittle in this day. You remember him saying that. And demon powers are like streaming in every direction. Well, we know if God did what he did in 1963 by the opening of the seals and the presence of the Son of Man coming back on the earth in a way that it hadn't been here for 2,000 years, that it must be another junction time. Because you'll agree with me, I hope, that there was definitely more of heaven that was revealed in our generation than had been revealed ever to the Gentiles on the face of the earth. Is that right? Well, if it was a great outpouring of the presence of God. You look at the demons in the New Testament when the Lord Jesus was here. And you know there was demons in the time after the fall. There was demons in the time of Jeremiah and on down through there. But yet, isn't it amazing when the Lord Jesus come on the earth that there was more demon activity, demonic demonstration than there had been from the entire book of Genesis up to the book of Malachi. And a short ministry of three and a half years. And then you think what was going on? It was a junction time. And hell knew it was their time to be able to penetrate from the regions of the lost and from the regions of Hades to be able to penetrate up unto the presence of the earth because God will allow them. What is it? It's the fulfilling of prophecy. How could Hitler and the Germans ever be able to accomplish what they did by killing a third of the Jews? A six million people and that's not including all the others that were killed and yet, America with her satellites and other nations of the world, why didn't we go in and stop it? We couldn't stop it, it was prophecy. Now, we look back and cry, and it's pitiful, believe me. I've been in some of those places and seen them. And whenever you see the pictures and think, you think, how could one human being do this to another? But it was because there was 200,000 horsemen that was released against the Jews. And do you understand, if they would do that against the Jews, which were not even a born-again people, what would they do to you and I, friends? Thank God for the keeping power of the Holy Ghost. If they would do that to Jews And you know that many of the Jews Initially Hollywood You know who ran Hollywood You know who started Hollywood years ago Many Jews Jews, Levi Strauss, Jews. Jews, 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 Jews are everywhere. And yet some of the richest people in America. And you think, why in the world would God not allow them to use their political force and their monetary force and stop it because it was prophecy. And Germany got under the spirit of destruction. And Hitler would stand there and say some of the things that he would say and they would scream and holler like he was a preacher. You've seen some of the clips, same as I have. And you think, how could people sit there and hear that said in their mother tongue, in their German language, and scream and holler and raise their hand and go all of this. And they were willing to give up their young men's lives. They were willing to die for that, for the final extermination, the final solution. We will kill them all. Why were they not stopped? It was a junction of time. But look now, in the very same generation that they were killed, up until the Second World War ended in 1944, 41, 42, 43, on to there when the exterminating camps would go on. And then look, in 1948, that same nation of people, which was going thought to be exterminated, they went to a land, oh my, that was absolutely barren and dry and desert and went in there was just a civilian army outnumbered in tanks and planes and machine guns and everything else. Hallelujah! They were outnumbered every way they were. They declare their independence on one day and their Arab neighbors attacked them the very next day. They don't even have time to rejoice and enjoy their freedom and their attacked from everywhere outnumbered in some situ- situations 10 to 1. And yet how were they able to do it? Because God said, I will bring you back to this land. I will bring you back to this land let me tell you something people can try to tear this word down they can try to run it down but this message is our homeland this word is our homeland they'll never run us out brother Darrell they'll never shut us up they'll never make a stop let the devil do what he wants to do prophecy says we will be here to the end time Hallelujah! there will be a group of people in their homeland the very day the rapture takes place hallelujah hallelujah oh my the prophet said that in studying the scripture he had found there were seven great major junctions of time notice this the great unchanging God who was unchangeable, who performed those things at the junctions of time in the past, how much more will he do now when all hell is set at rage and the end time is here? You see, we can focus on the negative if we wish, but remember, it's a junction. So you want to spend all your time looking at all the bad, all the rotten, we, we got to deal with that we got to be realistic. But let's not spend all of our time thinking about that. There's another one coming this other direction over here. Amen. Now notice what it is that declares this. When all hell is set in rage and the end time is here, he's the same. He doesn't fail. Omnipotent meets the miraculous. Now notice what happens in the junction time now there will actually be lulls in the miraculous there will be lulls you know the, i mean every year is a prophetic year in some time and in some way but there are highlight years to when this and this and this and this and this will come to pass you think wow all of this has come to pass in six months All of this has happened, look what's been going on, look at this and this. And then you have other years to where you think, well, you know, praise God, we go to church, we live right, we do this and we do that. And you might see one little thing come to pass. And you watch how that is synchronized with prophecy. And most of the time you'll find in that time prophetically, you'll see a lull of the omnipotence. And you will see a lull of the miraculous and the supernatural. Now, I realize there's folks that believe that the miraculous and the supernatural is not here because Brother Branham is here. But may I remind you, Hebrews 13:8 does not say William Mary and Branham the same yesterday, today and forever. But it says Jesus Christ. That's right. Brother Branham is not here, and I don't think anybody in the right mind wants Brother Branham's position anyway. That's already been fulfilled. But we're not looking for Brother Branham to do these works, but we're looking for our master to do them. And he is. By the grace of God, he is. But notice this. How Brother Branham brings us in in paragraph 34, angels appear in the end time. All the prophets and the signposts point saying this day that angels will appear. Prophets will arise. Signs and wonders. And if God did that for those little, notice now it's not me categorizing them, but it's him. Those little junctions back there. What will he do now? Praise God. When all hell turned loose. Now if this is 1956, the year I was born. Can you imagine how peaceful it was on the earth in 56? Can you imagine? Oh, they probably thought it was awful, but compared to what we do with everyday Brother Jim, hey, it's Boy Scout stuff. You imagine how, how things was on the earth, then? And yet Brother Branham said, all hell had been turned loose. And remember, 56 was the year that America turned down God. Now, after they turn down God, there will be a decline somewhat in omnipotence expression. The miraculous will still go on. But it will change. You see, God doesn't always just reach over here and turn the water off like that. You're drinking water in five minutes, you're totally dry. No, sometimes he cranks it really, really slow. And he lets people keep on shouting and keep on jumping and keep on doing this and that and the other. And then one day they wake up and realize our water's cut off. What happened to us? Yeah. Now, was. So 56 is going to be a turning year. So 56 was a junction year right? It was a junction year because he said all hell has been turned loose. Well, wonder why it hadn't been in 54. Wonder why it hadn't been in 55. Now watch, and after 56, America will start to take a dive and a tumble, but there will be years in between there to where you will have leaders, you will have churches that'll go to praying, they follow the sequence of wars, and you watch wars and people get in war and trouble, they'll pray, God will send a move, God will send revivals, revival, is that right? And God will move, but what major move ever hit the earth after Azusa Street? Now, the very next thing could not be another building of an organization. It must be the anointing of Malachi 4. But it will not point to a certain creed or a certain doctrine or a certain dogma. Now, some of the folks who follow it will try to make it that way. But it will point to the full restored word in its uniform. Now, watch this. Angels are to appear at the end time. Signpost. Notice all this that he's mentioned. What will he do now when all hell turn loose? All heaven will turn loose. Yet the seal still wasn't opened. Now, Brother Branham goes through those cycles, and you can watch him in his ministry. And he comes to 1959, and then he preaches the sermon, My New Ministry. He then comes to 61, and he talks about Joshua and the commission. Oh, God, forgive me, he said. I pointed the people to the signpost instead of the city. So he goes through these cycles himself. So it lets me know us as message folks are gonna follow that pattern to a degree. So there were strides in Brother Branham's ministry that the angel of the Lord called pulls. You remember? Now I've stood there and hunted on that mountain range when the Lord spoke that to him where his name was. I've hunted right there between peak two and three. And all of it is not one long peak, but it's actually a peak that comes up goes back down now what was that first pull when he come out but then there was years in brother Branham's ministry whenever he come off the field sick remember so what was it he was down to here going through this time frame suffering trying to learn how to operate the gift going through this and that and the other then he come up to another peak but he didn't stay that peak and ride out but he went back down through another spot praise the lord well come on now don't get quiet on me what was it? There was junctions of time in the prophet's ministry that omnipotence was displayed in a more magnificent way than others. What well, do you say, brother Nani? It was always there. It was always there, but there were highlight times, and this is why the angel came to him and said, "Sanctify yourself." There's more to be revealed. So, what did he tell him before the opening of the seals? Consecrate yourself. So his own consecration was also linked to the prophetic fulfilling of the timeline. So then, my brother, sister, I wonder in asking you and I, since Brother Branham is not here, Jack Cole is not here, uh, Paul is not here, Moses is not here. If there's going to be a final climax of omnipotence being revealed in a church body, not, not one man that everybody in the message rallies around. But a body move Amen. a body move that 's exactly right. then, what must we do? Get more like the world, pray less, read our Bible less, do all that less? No, nope. if God required consecration of Moses, if he required it of daniel god 's going to require it of us, Amen. and the church said. So whenever these two things meet, if we will have our ears in tune to him, our hearts in tune to the heartbeat of Christ, and we're able to look and not just focus on the negative side, the negative side, it's so bad, it's so awful, it's awful, awful, awful. If you're not careful, you're going to focus and study and pray and be fearful of every negative thing that's around you, and the devil is trying to do nothing but blind you from your positive part of this side of the junction. Friend, there are great things going on. There are wonderful things that are going on. Notice this. Angels appearing. Signs and wonders on the earth. The counterfeits arising. God proving which is right and wrong. Amen. A man that's ever born of the spirit of God. I love this. His course is set toward the North Star. Hallelujah. And all hell. You hear that, you lying slew-footing devil. Now, he didn't say a preacher. He didn't say a prophet. He didn't say a pastor. But he said a person that's born again. That includes the sisters. That includes the brothers. A man that's ever born of the Spirit of God, his course is set towards the North Star, hallelujah, and all hell will never shake him. Now how can a prophet of God make a statement like this unless all hell will try? Now think of it, Jesus said on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now the prophet said he didn't say they wouldn't be against it because they will be. But notice all hell will never shake him. That's right. I don't say he, I love, I love the way Brother Branham balances the deity out in the humanity. I don't say he won't make mistakes. I won't say he won't slip and fall. That's right. But as soon as he can get his feet again, his eyes is set on the star yonder, and he moves on. Sure. Now, notice this in enticing spirits. That's the way it is with every born-again Christian. When he really gets into God, he watches his life with God's word, and he realizes he's lined up with every bit of it. He's got long-suffering, gentleness, quietness, meekness, power, faith, love, joy, peace. Wow, where was Mercedes, Cadillacs, Fords, Chevrolets, Volkswagens, big houses, cars, lands? The smiley preacher wouldn't enjoy this quote, would he? But this smiley one does. This is the kind of man I want to be, friends. Brother Dell, this is the kind of man that shakes hell right here. Notice this. He's got long suffering, gentleness, quietness, meekness, power, faith, love, joy, peace. He ain't tossed about like trouble seas. He ain't worrying about every little thing. He ain't jumping here and there like a bottle stopper on a windy ocean. He's set. His heart's pure, his thoughts is pure, his intentions is pure, his alternatives right. He knows he lines up with the word of God. All hell can't move him. Praise, how many wants to be that kind of a Christian? All hell can't move him. He's lined with the word of God, he's got divine love, Purity in his heart for every man and woman, not just those that like you, not just those that are good to you, but from your heart in the center of Christ is there, you can love them with divine love, those that would hate you. Those that would not do anything good for you at all, you can look at them and know it and feel no resentment toward them at all. My brother sister, that's Christianity on display. He's abstained from the things of the world. They're dead to him. He don't want them no more. Why, you couldn't make a Holy Ghost girl put on a pair of them ungodly looking clothes and get out there for nothing? No, sir. Why, you see, it's not that we're holding our sisters and our our young unmarried sisters. It's not that we're holding them and and this is a cult type of thing and we got them all chained in. If y'all get out there and do that, you know, me or the and one come to your house and beat you with rods and, and then if the rods don't work we'll use popper sticks and if that don't work we just use whatever we have to use. This is not something, it's not making, not us making you not do it. You don't do it from within. You don't do it because you don't want to do it. You choose not to do it. You choose to live this way and this is something that the people of the world can understand. Why would they dress like that? Why would they do this? Why But oh, I feel so sorry for them. They're made to do it. Well then why? one way they're right but they've got the wrong made there we're made by higher power you're not made by the pastor made so by the Sunday school teacher you're made so because the Lord Jesus has met you and merged into your being and changed you and made you this and ain't nobody else can make this but him praise God may you take me to record this morning friend There isn't enough power in all hell that can ever defeat the purpose of God. Oh, I imagine in the last five or six months, he has laughed and laughed, him and his little imps down in hell. Preachers have had to redo church and rearrange church and this and that and the other. I imagine he's so happy he won't be happy long because you imagine all this studying that these preachers have done while they've been laid up and you can only preach to your wife for so long and then she wants to wash the dishes or something. you know. But boy, you imagine all these men of God and how they're so mad at the devil. I told him yesterday, I said, pardon me, I don't think I've told you yet this morning how much I hate you. I hate you from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. I want you to know you're a liar, you're a thief, you're a double-crosser, and I also want you to know you was created on a certain day, but I wouldn't. I want you to know you're going to go to the lake of fire, you're going to be annihilated, you're going to be destroyed, and oh boy, that ain't far down the road. I just wanted to let you know this morning what side I was on. I ain't speaking to you no more the rest of the day. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I mean, Carol was talking about the other day about our daughter, Erica. I said, think about it. As far as our family, she's the weakest one among us. Always had so many weaknesses in her body. But strong in faith. I told her the other day, he went to the doctor with her, he he said, look like little David. Little David sitting there talking about cancer no more than it was a headache. Little David picking up a stone, going after that cancer. I said, "Come on, cancer! Come on, cancer!" In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, brothers, this ain't just good for the the men folk. This ain't just good for the ministry. This is good for our wives. This is good. Is it not? Is this good for our daughters? This is good for our daughters when our family gets attacked. I told him that I said, you'll pay for this. You'll pay. Hallelujah. Glory. Notice this. The prophet said, you go into a meeting and a pastor that jerks his head. Watch everyone in the congregation jerk their head. You go to a meeting that a pastor's a real wildfire. Run right about, you watch everyone in the congregation act the same way. But you go into a place where a pastor is a solid gospel teacher. All hell will never move that church. Brother Donnie, we're going to have anybody left at Happy Valley? All of those that believe what's been taught will be here. Now, if COVID can run you off, then, well, you didn't have very much no way. My Holy Ghost is COVID-free. Now, it proves my body wouldn't not because I got it. But my Holy Ghost is still COVID-free. When Brother Branham got sick and the man come to him and said, Did you keep your religion during your sickness? He said, No, my religion kept me. So, you know, whenever you look at it, trials will come, and tests will come, and difficulties will come. But a real church, because why? That kind of church is made up of that kind of individuals. They're the type of individuals that we read about in the quote above that. So you put this one with that one, with that one, with that one, with that one. Oh, watch out, devil. Watch out, devil. Oh, my. Why? Because then you ain't just got a man, but you got a man and his wife. And they're kids. And then you've got another sister and another brother and another family and another family. And you get them all together in one place. I don't blame the devil. I wouldn't want them all in one building either. So what's he trying to do? He tries to separate us. I like said the other day, in one sense of the word, we're closer now than we've ever been before. Is that right? But yet God knows how to do it. I just say you better look out, devil. We get to come back together. Now, if all hell has broke loose in 2020, the way that it has, we must be at another junction time. So brother Donnie, is there some great person gonna rise? No, he's already here. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. Oh, are we looking for someone who has a tent or someone who has a large church? Oh, somebody got a new website? No, I'm sure that they probably do. They start up every day. But I ain't looking for a new Messiah myself. I've already found mine. Well, I should say it this way, he found me. Amen. Notice this, always in the days gone by, the dispensations has always come to their end and we hit a junction. There's junction on the highways. And they junction on the roads and they travel in this world. They junction on this grand old highway that we travel to glory. And it, it always takes the miraculous to speak of omnipotence. Now, Brother Ram said Peter sit up there on the day of Pentecost and preached that fiery sermon. He said the devil never even got out of his bed. They went over here and preached and went over there and preached never even made the devil mad. But they heal the man at the gate beautiful, and all hell turned upside down. <laughs> Why? Omnipotence was on display. Now, do we believe in the preaching of the word? You better believe we believe in the preaching of the word. But I do not believe preaching of the word eliminates the miraculous of the supernatural. Well, well, Brother Donnie, you say that because you're Pentecost. I say that because it's the truth. Always, it takes the miraculous. Well, don't doctrine? Don't doctrine declare omnipotence? Don't doctrine declare omnipotence? Well, you got to believe this, and you got to do that, and you got. And we know those things are part of it, but friends, that's simply not what the prophet taught. Well, hallelujah. Notice, it always takes the miraculous to speak of omnipotence. Omnipotence is the all-powerful. And it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. And only the miraculous can do that. Teaching of the Word is a very fine thing. And it comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. But it always takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotent still lives and reigns. We must have the miraculous. Now, this is your prophet. You do whatever you wish to with these quotes, but I'm reading to you what he said. We must. It's not an option like power door locks. It's not an option like power steering and power brakes. We must. The church that Jesus claims is his own is the church of Mark 16 in action. Right. Yeah. And Happy Valley said, Amen. notice this, going to go a little farther. And I believe that the church is now standing on the threshold of the greatest vindication of omnipotence that the world As ever known. And this is the very same year that America's going to turn down God. But notice, he didn't say America, but the church. Now notice, I'm not pointing you in a direction of a worldwide shaking move. No. It will be such a unique revival. That it will be a personal revival and restoration of the person of Christ the Word. The same Word that you've read for years and years, but only in mechanical form. And when He takes on flesh and reality and reveals Himself to your heart, not in the form of mechanics, but in the form of dynamics... Praise be to God. Then you get that person. They get all stirred up and all fired up. And you get another person, another person. And would it be the whole world? The world will never even know it's going on. They will never even know it. It's not going to be that God's going to anoint his preachers, and they're going to go to the med center, and they're going to empty them out there, and then they'll all go to Kingsport, and they'll empty out all the hospitals there. No. But they will be Miraculous. God is looking for men, he says two years after this, that he can train in this revival. Men who've been tried and tested. Men that have come to the spot they didn't know where to go. Men that was seemingly broken. That's the men, he said, instruments for the harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God's not interested in kingdom builders in this message. Let me do it, God. Let me do it, God. I've got the biggest church. I've got the most people on my website. That man will be left right there in his own little spirit of organization. But God wants men who will say, Lord God, if there's something you can do through me, Lord. I don't care if nobody even knows I prayed the prayer. I don't care if nobody even knows I was in the building anywhere, Lord. That don't matter. As long as you get the glory, that's what matters to me. Now, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to say it from your heart. Now, what's this? I'll try to close you momentarily. But it always takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotent still lives. We must have the miraculous. I believe the church is now standing on the threshold of the greatest vindication of omnipotence that the world has ever known. There has been in my searching of Scripture... For quite a while, I found seven great junctions in God's word. And seven is God's complete number. He's complete in sevens. But we have to recognize the omnipotence of God when it's performed before us. So it would do you no good as an individual if you see it happen right in front of your eyes and you don't accept it. They're trying to be like Brother Branham. Oh, great. Now, now, now. They're trying to be this. They're trying to be that. Friends, the apostles were healing the sick before Brother Branham was ever born. Don't you understand? Brother Branham was wanting to be like them. And he was and greater. What is this message supposed to do? Restore our hearts back to the original apostolic doctrine and faith. Oh my. But we have to recognize the omnipotence of God when it's before. And before us, listen today, 1956. We need divine healing worse than we ever needed it. Prophetic. Listen. As the days go on, on and on, so will it be more. And more needed. Can anybody say amen to that? I ask you, do we need divine healing now? Now? Just a few months. Few months. Actually, I wanted to have a prayer line to church. Do we need it now greater than we needed it whenever I mentioned it? How come some of the message folks think we need it less? Now, the prophet of God said, as time goes on and on and on, we're going to need it more. And I say, "Amen." Amen. amen. Notice this, the great unchanging God, who is unchangeable, performed these things at the junctions in time past. Let's stand together. How much more will he do now when all hell is set arrayed at the end time? Praise God. Let me read this one: The unsearchable, unreasonable thinking of man can never comprehend the miraculous. You have to come in contact with omnipotence. Then, when you do that, you're in contact with the supernatural. Your life changes. Your thinking's changed. Your mind changes. You're made different. Your sickness is finished. God's great power moves in. A leper, full of leprosies, went to him one day and said, Lord, glory. Thou can if thou wilt make me clean. He touched him and said, I will. When omnipotence speaks, miraculous takes place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His leprosy vanished like a sun flying behind a cloud. Sure, omnipotence speaks. He promised in the last days. Notice that he'd speak again. When omnipotence speaks, the miraculous happens. But brother Donnie, that's only brother Branham. Ah, oh, you should have let me read paragraph forty before you thought that. Brother, as a gospel preacher this morning, I believe the Holy Ghost speaking through mortal lips today. Anointed. What? You mean more than one? That makes the tape folks tape spin backwards on it. Why? Because they can't say what he said. Anointed ministers are speaking. The time has come. Time is here. And listen, what's answered? Omnipotence has answered. But Darwin, we're having prayer meetings and we're praying, and a couple weeks back, whenever I got so sick, and Carol went to get me something to drink, and I sat up on the couch, and I felt myself whirling around and whirling around, and she seen me, and she come down, Donnie, Donnie, I reached over and grabbed my phone and said, Brother Daryl, I need prayer now. I need prayer. He said, we'll go to prayer immediately. Be contacting the brothers. Carol come down and started praying for me. Praise God. You ain't going to tell me the miraculous still don't move. You ain't going to tell me. Now, was it a miracle? No, it wasn't a miracle, but it was a healing touch. Praise be to God. No doubt many of you were contacted and I thank you for praying for me. Girl said, Do You want to go to the hospital? I said, No, I don't. Just, just give me a few minutes. And we said here, I need to get upstairs, because I was downstairs. I said, I need to get upstairs. She said, I can't help you get up there. I said, Let me get up and see if I can't. Well, I got up to put my shoes on, staggered around, drinking. She said, "Donnie, you're gonna get hurt. I said, No, just walk behind me. I'll be all right. Omnipotence spoke. Hallelujah. Why? Y'all were crying out my name to the Lord. She was crying out my name to the Lord, I was crying out to the Lord. And omnipotence answered back, (laughs) how many has been there, how many has been there when you had such a need, and you cried out, and you cried out, and you cried out. And omnipotence answered, oh, he may not have thundered in your room, but he thundered in your body and gave you the strength you needed. To put one foot in front of the other. Amen. Praise God. Time has come. Time is here. Notice what he says. The anointed ministers are speaking. Anointed ministers are speaking. And this is what the anointed ministers were saying. The time has come. Time is here. And omnipotence has answered. The miraculous has taken place. Has to Where's the junction? Friends, we don't have to look for fanaticism. We don't have to try to make things happen. How many times have Brother Branham called people out and say, You didn't think you had enough faith to believe it. I just read it this week where he said, Sister, you didn't think you had enough faith to do it. But faith is a subconscious thing to you. You had it and didn't even know you had it. Praise be to God. Don't you love him with all your hearts? How many believes this is probably the worst time we've ever lived in our lives? All hell is broke loose in ways we never even thought possible. All right? That's part of of the junction. But let's look for another. Praise God. If all hell is broke loose around our church, around many of our people, not only our church, but brothers around the world, I'm getting pleased for help and getting described to me some of the situations that our brothers and other parts of the world are going through. We've been through nothing compared to what the lot of them has been through. It ain't just here. I ain't just looking for God to move on this hill. But I want him to move on this hill. I believe the real believers are going to experience it. Brother Branham called it the dynamics of refilling of the Holy Ghost which we have worked in part while the headstone has been descending. I so hunger for it, don't you friends? Not an emotional work not the music pumping us all up and then when the music all stops it all fizzles out, no a genuine move of the spirit of God Praise, the Lord. Praise God, Brother Branham said be alarmed when you see these things happening We're at the end time. Omnipotence speaks. And a dead man. Dead and lived again. Stood on his feet. And went to a banquet. And eat supper with him. You remember whenever they had a banquet. And some of the people of that community come. And they come not only to see Jesus. But the Bible says many of them came because of Lazarus. That's the kind of person I want to be. Praise God. I want to be so alive by His power that they won't just come to see Jesus alone. They want to come to see that Jesus alive in me. I mean, that's quite a testimony, ain't it? A few days ago, I was dead. I mean, I was dead on a doornail. My nose had fell in. They tell me I wasn't there, but they tell me my nose had fell in and I was stinking awful. And my soul was out there four days journey. And I was traveling, traveling, traveling. But I heard omnipotence speak. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Because his sister down on the earth said, Even now, even now, Lord, whatever you ask, God will give it. And Omnipotent spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. Praise be to God. Make your need known to him tonight, little sheep of God. Make your need known. Be like little blind Fanny Crosby, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by Lord. Hallelujah. If we cry out, omnipotence will answer. He may not answer as soon as you cry. He may wait a week or two or three. But he will answer. Glory to God. Listen to this, Brother Branham said, Omnipotence spoke. We were going to hell. And Omnipotence spoke. We've raised from hell to glory. And Someday we'll eat the banquet supper at the last days omnipotence speaks God's word is omnipotent we believe it and raised from death unto life He that heareth oh glory to God my words and believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die Omnipotence Omnipotence has spoke it spoke to your heart It spoke to my heart The miraculous was done. Oh, praise God. How many has a need in your life tonight? How many of you out in the service, in your home, wherever you are? Now, we're not omnipotent, of course. But we can speak and make known our desire, our request. And omnipotence will answer. To the cry of our mortality. Lord Jesus, Father, we must surely be at another junction. God, just what we see has happened in these first eight months of 2020, it's been mind boggling to our nation, Lord, to our economy. Just what's happened in the fourth dimension of this disease, Lord. And then what's erupting in our cities. God, all the things that's going on. It's a scary time. I don't know if these people realize, Lord, but... If there's not a sure and a sound determination... That's confirmed on our election time. And it would go over... A few days, I hope they realize the Speaker of the House could stand in proxy and become President of the United States of America. It's happened once before. Oh, God, help us. Where are we, Lord? Lord Jesus, we call upon your great name. Diseases are rampant, trouble everywhere, we must be at the junction. May omnipotence speak, hallelujah. God, for those who are dealing with depression and sadness and sorrow, heaviness, troubled in the spirit, may omnipotence speak peace. Oh, grant it, Lord God. Father, those that are dealing with a bad diagnosis from the doctor, the man probably speaking everything that he knows. But may omnipotent speak. Glory to God. We call upon you. You're the only omnipotent one. Praise be to God. We could call on Allah. For 10,000 years. And because there is no such a God. As Allah. He's simply the moon God. The representation hatched out. Under idolatry. And in reality every one of them worshippers are worshipping Satan. Under the auspices or the name of Allah. Oh Lord God. But our God. Is the omnipotent one. He's the one who spoke when there was nothing and said, Let there be. And there was. The same one who took a little boy's lunch and that bread somehow growed out more cooked bread, more cooked bread, more cooked bread, more cooked fish. Praise God. How in the world you've done that is still a marvel to me. Praise be to God how you could take them jars of water which held two or three firkins apiece and were sitting there under the purification or the sanctification of the Jews. And Mary called for you to come and you said, my time is not yet. But she said, Jesus, they need help. And through your kind and merciful heart, glory to God, I don't know if you prayed a prayer, if you touched the pot, if you waved your hand, I don't know what you've done, but you told them, serve it to the master of the banquet. I imagine all those servants that was in there as nervous as they could be. They go get them water, dip them pots down inside of there and take it. And he presses that cup to his lips and he stands up with a message Men, most of the time, bring the best wine. And when people are drunken, they bring the low-quality wine. But this one is the best. It's been saved to last. (laughs) Praise God. That's you, Jesus. You're omnipotent. Go to that mother tonight. Go to that child. Go to that one that's depressed. Lord, I can make the plea. I can make the cry from mortal lips. But you're the only omnipotent voice. Speak peace. Speak healing. Speak deliverance. Oh Lord God. Because we are taught prophetically. So we're looking at road signs of omnipotence. We're looking for signs of greatness. We're looking for signs of supernatural. Glory to God. Oh, we're not just looking for famines, COVID, earthquakes, pestilence. Yep, that's there too. But that's actually not on our road. That's on their road, which coincides with ours. But on our road is signs of prophecies, angels, supernatural. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we believe, Lord God, our needs Are only circumstances for supernatural to manifest itself. We worship you, Lord God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If a person is standing by you that you feel comfortable enough in praying for, your wife, or maybe it's two COVID brothers, you're both over it, so you can just lay hands on one another. Praise God. Let's just pray for one another, can we? Oh, Jesus. We bring our needs to you. Like it was that cold October morning when he got out there late. And he was sitting there shivering because the sun had not raised enough to warm him up. And he was a poor blind beggar that no one would hardly pay attention to. But you stopped him, Lord Jesus with your cry of faith. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, Bartimaeus. Hallelujah, the prophet said he never heard. You never heard his physical cry, but you heard his faith cry. And he cried, and omnipotence answered. Praise God. Hallelujah, the master calleth for thee. So omnipotence spoke. Lord Jesus, you're that same one tonight. Would you come by our way, Lord? Lord, here we have group one that you're with us tonight as we've designated them, Lord. But group two has not been able to be here. Lord Jesus, would you go there in their home, in their car, in their job, wherever they are, Father God? Would you speak to them? Would you minister to them tonight, Lord? Those that will go back and stream this service, whether in France or Brazil or South America or wherever it is around the world. Lord God, would you go there where they are, Father? Would you minister to them tonight, I pray, Lord Jesus? Hallelujah. We make our petitions known, Lord God. We look for omnipotence to speak back and speak and manifest yourself in supernatural terms, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your holy name tonight, Father. We're going to praise you before it happens. We're going to worship you, Lord, before it happens. Thank you, Lord. How many believes it tonight, saints? Praise God. God bless you. I love you in the Lord.
1: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of grow strangely deep in the light of his glory and grace. Let's look our eyes to him tonight. Oh, turn. O oh, oh Lord, are a sheep. for our loved ones home tonight. Is it not? Praise the Lord. Let's just remember the services the weekend. Next group gets their opportunity. So let's just remember our our saints that are going through just those great trials right now. Let's continue to lift them up in prayer. Let's just sing this tonight as, as we go. Coming back to the heart of worship. As the music fades and all is stripped away and I finally come I me just to breathe something that's a word that will bless your heart. required